Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 168. Uh, might be kind of a thin show, but we do have some good topics we'd love to get started on here. So let's get going with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Sarizel. Hi, I'm Sarizel. Um, I'm a co-host here on the show. Um, I have still not missed an episode yet, and um, I did like nothing pertaining to movies or video games today. I watched almost no TV or movies. I played like nothing video game wise. It was just what would you do then? Um, I, I, I'm playing with a computer that is going to be installed in my car, running software that I wrote to uh, do fun stuff, like play my music and I'm, um, I'm going track, to see track you my location. on a YouTube video at some point. And it's not going to be of your own making. I'm calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, you, you fix that for a moment because I was like, I'll, I'm not going to do it. I do, do a YouTube video, maybe a blog post when I'm done. No, but, no. It, it'll be one of those then, like WTF no. moments or like instant karma fails or it'll be on some like cool ass vines or something. <laughs> it is fireproof, right? Uh, we're, we're pretty sure. Um, Are you pr- pretty sure? Because I know you have a history. I know you have yeah. a history. Yeah, you know, they, I, they said that about like the X2 rocket that uh, Chuck Yeager went up in. Yeah, we think it's fireproof, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's fireproof. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I put a lot of effort into making sure that it's um, very unobtrusive and, and really doesn't require much more interaction than like your normal center console on a car. So the. The theory, it's its not like I'm talking about putting a desktop PC in there and a 20-inch monitor and playing games while I, you know, drive or anything stupid like that, so. And what are you doing with this exactly? Um, you know, it's actually going to do a lot of things most people do with their phones, um, but then I'm going to start working on some of the basic, uh, you know, communication back and forth with the car as well. All right, sounds pretty good. All right, Bate, you're up, man. Um, hi, hey, I'm I, I'm Bate trying to, trying to picture this PC in Zell's car. Um. Does it sound like Bumblebee? That's, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Except it's not a Camaro. Hey, hey you probably remember like when the a... Toyota Priuses went all Decepticon on people and shit? Like, <laughs> five, six, like six, seven years ago, started like running to, running into walls and killing people and shit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing this all right now. Oh, man. Uh, oh, wow, I'm off track now. Um, I, I play Eve. Um, if, if you want to play Eve with me, hit me up in game, Roger Bate. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Do they offer like any sort of like recruitment rewards like they used to? With like, uh, like um, yeah, Eve probably. has changed a lot. I don't, yeah, know, that's why I, don't, I don't know why you would do that when you just play for free. Uh, but we could try. <laughs> no, I was just curious because they used to offer the extended the extended trial um, if you invited somebody, but uh, obviously that doesn't that doesn't apply anymore so i was curious if they had you know offered a new kind of reward to encourage people to kind of pull people in to, to give it a shot but uh yeah no. all right jay you're up man what's up i'm jay i'm also one of the co-hosts here on the uh the mighty uh podcast the the digital reach into your mind from the bio biomass media empire that we've built over the last several years by that i mean two or three however long it's been uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a thin show, which means we're really going to be struggling for shit. So, uh, just bear with us. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'm feeling lot, it. Lots it's of superlatives. If, if, uh, if you can actually jump back in time and tweet us while we're recording the show tonight, uh, we will talk about whatever you tweet us about, but you have to have tweeted it to us during the show tonight, which we're recording right now. And you won't be listening to until a couple days later. Well, now, okay, now we 
in, in all fairness, we do often we actually execute this thing live. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And what have you been playing lately, Jay? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I'm kind of actually in between games right now. So I finished out. Um, uh, gosh, I just reviewed it last week. Uh, this killer game. Uh, Pyre. Pyre. I just I finished Pyre this last week. Uh, kind of moved on, jumped back in the world of tanks for a little bit. Uh, kind of, I'm just kind of playing around with some different stuff. Nothing's really out right now that I'm I'm kind of hunting for, so I'm kind of racking and stacking my uh, you know sort of my wishes my wish list game library right now. Uh, other than that, uh, I've been kind of dipping around in some tablet games and kind of playing around, getting back into some of the like mobile gaming stuff. So I'll probably end up uh, putting a couple of reviews out on some of those. Those are uh, we've said it before, you know, it's one of those where it's it's pretty easy to scoff at, but the reality is is a a modern tablet is basically running a pretty good PC game from like the early two thousands right now. Uh, so you can you can actually find some pretty good stuff out there, and I don't mean like your your normal sort of uh you know clickbait kind of like you know throw real money at it every fifteen minute kind of games. I mean, some pretty decent games are out there. Uh, like the, the actually the, the civilization uh, for tablet is actually pretty pretty decent, believe it or not. Uh, so other than that, that's that's all I've been doing right now, and I'm kind of waiting on quite a few things to drop. Uh, really, the bulk of my gaming is going to hit in September when Destiny comes out. Yep, and we'll be talking a bit more about that a little bit later in the show. Some new details came out, but uh, as for me, I'm uh, Pokey Draven, Odyssey Help. Uh, co-host the show here, and I've been playing a lot of Fortnite still, really enjoying that game. I reviewed that one last week, and kind of plugging along on Final Fantasy XIV, kind of waiting for their next update coming in a couple months here, so should be pretty good. Uh, however, moving into some gaming news here, uh, Overwatch had an event they did last year that was kind of like their summer games, and that actually coincided with uh, the Rio Olympics that was going on. And so it was kind of up in the air. People weren't sure if they were going to do um, do the event again this year because obviously there is no Olympics this year. But uh, they have confirmed that the Summer Games is coming back for uh, 2017. So if you're a big fan of that, I, I don't know much about it. I know there was a soccer game or something like that. Is that right? Uh, is it World Cup season? Well, no, no, no. Like part of part of the event was that you could like do like a a rocket yeah. league style soccer. Yeah, it's called, Overwatch characters. It's called Lucio Ball, and it's it was really awful last year, and they're they're kind of retooling it this year. But yeah, it's kind of like a soccer game thing with with only Lucios. Oh, really? It's just one character. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all all Lucio, and they changed out some of the abilities because you can't kill anybody in in the mode. It's just you 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 know punt a ball around the around the field. And uh, so they, they changed the ultimate because the old ultimate didn't really apply, you know, the normal one. And so and then the the one that was they put in last year really was only used for kind of cheap moves. And so they, they took it away and they changed it up to kind of a um, just like an occasional buff that makes you go faster, jump higher, etc. Uh, for a short period of time. And then they're adding in a, a second kind of arena, which will probably just be a cosmetic difference. But um you know, hopefully it should be a little bit more fun to play than last year's, which really wasn't that much fun. Yeah, and it looks like they're bringing back some of the uh, cosmetic rewards. I think that they're, they're kind of retooling some of the original ones, adding a few more. So they're all kind of summer-themed, summer, summer themed, you know, sports-themed sort of deal. So if you are an Overwatch fan, you can look forward to that. That's coming August 8th, and it's running until August 29th, I think. So you've got some time to, to work on the event and then pick up your rewards, but it uh, should be pretty cool. As for another summer-themed event, uh, Final Fantasy XIV, this is the uh, MMO Final Fantasy game that I, I talk about and play quite often. Uh, they're also getting kind of a summer-themed event they do every year. It's called the Moonfire Fair. 
Um, again, it's it's usually pretty short lived. It's not too involved. The MMO events are usually pretty pretty straightforward. Go do this one quest, get your get your cosmetics and your your stuff, and then call it a day. So, you know, it only takes maybe half an hour, forty five minutes to do. But uh, that is running from August eighth to the twenty sixth. So if you do play Final Fantasy fourteen, do be sure to check that one out and pick up your cool. swimsuits and other various things you can get for your character. In other news, uh, one that I'm kind of excited about. So uh, several years back, I, I forget the year actually, but there was a game called Resident Evil Revelations that came out for the Nintendo 3DS. And it was actually really, really, really good. Um, I think it was probably one of the best uses of the 3D feature of the 3DS when it came out. Um, I always tell people when you if you pick it up for the 3DS, crank the 3D effect in-game all the way to maximum and crank up the harbor's 3D effect to maximum. And it just it's it really plays well with kind of the corridor, you know, classic Resident Evil sort of uh, gameplay that you're you're creeping through halls and stuff, and it really gives that that depth to it. So it was a really good game. Uh, and then a few years later they released uh, Resident Evil Re- Revelations 2, which came out for the PS3, I believe. And it was more of an episodic sort of deal where, you know, every Couple months they released a new episode. You can you know kind of buy into it. They were like you know short like five ten dollar packages, and you they, they kind of form together and, and make a whole game. Um, I only played through a couple one of, a couple a few of those. Wait, but they were, are you telling me the thing like Voltron's together? <laughs> yeah, Voltron's together. No, it, it was it was it was like um, like a Telltale game basically. It's, it's in episodes, you know, but uh, they were short short format. But uh, you know, together it was about the length of a whole game once you put it all together. So. You know, it was it was pretty good. I got through about half of it, I think, and just uh, moved on from PS3 around that time, so I didn't get the rest of it. However, they are going to re-release uh, Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2 on the uh, PS4, Xbox, and actually Nintendo Switch has been confirmed now as well. well um, not sure what the pricing is going to be on that. Um, I'm thinking it's probably not a full $60, even though, you know, it's two games just because it's... They're pretty old. Like I said, uh, the first one came out you know, several, several years ago. So uh, hopefully not a full $60 on that one, but no price confirmation on that. Uh, but it has been confirmed to be released on the PS4 and the Xbox One for August 29th. So that's actually coming up pretty quick. I might even pick that one up and kind of do a Dungeon Crawl series on it just because I do love, you know, Resident Evil in general. There's a few kind of nasty games that were like, Five and six were kind of eh, but you know seven I really liked and I like these Revelations games, so I might pick that one up and give it a shot. Uh, no confirmation on date for the Nintendo Switch version yet, but it has been confirmed recently that they do intend to bring it to the Switch. So that should be good and uh, and pretty interesting to see how they kind of utilize the hardware in a unique way for the gameplay. Now I know this is one that Bates pretty pretty excited about. I'm pretty excited about it too. So Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, has been delayed a couple times, uh, which is unfortunate. But there were a few screenshots that I actually missed that came out a few weeks ago, and they look absolutely fantastic. Did you have a chance to look at those yet, Bay? Yeah, it looked like the screenshots uh, were just, um, I guess there's going to be dual wielding, is what they were hinting at with those screenshots. Uh, it was basically, uh, it looked like a lawman with uh, two, two revolvers. Which, I mean, one of was a close-up of the revolver, God, that thing was pretty. Both of them were real pretty. Yeah, you can tell Rockstar's really put a lot of the attention to the detail in this one. Like, there's these fine engravings in the sides of the revolver, and it just looks really crisp and clean. I'm very yeah. impressed with this. Yeah, they, you, those screenshots are pretty legit. Are, is that gameplay, or is that just, like, promotional stuff? It's probably promotional. Um, I would be very surprised if it ended up being gameplay. It, it could be, you know, cutscene quality, where it yeah, kind of ramps it up a bit. Um, just... 
just because of the the angle of the camera, it's probably cutscene quality. But you know, there are a few other shots, and they did show some stuff that looks more reasonable for being gameplay, and that still looks really, really good. So, you know, I'm I'm hyped for this one. There's actually been some fun buzz going around where uh, other developers like Ubisoft have um, reined in. I think Ubisoft and EA both commented on the fact that they were very happy that the game got delayed because. Uh, it opened up some opportunities for them to kind of hit certain release windows that they were otherwise going to avoid because this game was coming out. Um, just because, you know, when Rockstar puts out a game, it's it's a, usually a pretty big deal. Um, yes. Red, you know, Red Dead 1 was was really, really good. Um, obviously, GTA 5. I think there's some new rumors of GTA 6 leaks coming out of the internet. So they, What were they going to run into? What were, you mean like, uh, like running into another major game release? Well, so... Uh, Red Dead had like a, a projected window for when it was coming out, and it got delayed. So now other companies are are kind of phoning in and going, "Well, cool, we could actually put something out in that oh. window now because we 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 were trying to avoid Red Dead, but if they're going to be at a different time, then we have some some stuff we can do." So you might even see some games uh, moving up on the timetable a bit because of this. Okay, no, no, that, yeah, that makes that sense. Do you remember what that projected window was? I, I thought it was like August. Well, I thought it was like uh, in September. Oh, September. Like September okay. Well, it was yep. September, October. Okay. When you said that, Pokey, I thought of two things. One is that they were uh, trying to do one of two things. One was actually, hey, we're not where we want it. You know, the, the thing you want them to say is we didn't have the game where we wanted it to be. And we wanted to, to work on some, you know, get more time to work on it to make it better. And it pushes to the right like a couple months. Uh I, one, very few game game developers will ever really say that out loud, though. Uh, but the other thing I was wondering if they were going to run it, if they were kind of concerned about like Destiny Two, because they pushed this thing off like a while ago. Uh, if if I'm not mistaken, it's like a couple months yeah. ago that they they announced they were moving it to the right. So I wonder if they were they were looking at the lineup of things coming out in that September October window, because there's a lot of things hitting around that that October mm-hmm. time frame. Yep, Call of Duty should be Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed. Um... Uh, some switch stuff. Um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, that's big enough. Though. I mean, you think I mean, yeah. they don't eat a whole month. I mean, in terms of like, uh, it, it, you know, the classic. If you're only going to buy like one game a month, which is is I suspect probably about average for like most college age and below kids. That's you know, you know, you're going to pick between one of those four, and you're going to end up splitting your market share in that first month. Yep, the falls are usually jam packed with stuff coming out which is you know nice but it can be a can be a pain for for developers i'm sure yeah and i mean people have been pestering rockstar for a while like when's this coming out when's this coming out and they, they basically said listen it's going to be ready when it's ready like we're we're not going to rush this we aren't trying to you know we've got our, our release window but we're not going to hold ourselves to that window super hard because we want to make sure we deliver the game you know you guys expect and i mean they've got a Following Red Dead Redemption One, like that's a that's a high order they've got to follow. I mean, you can oh, yeah. put pretty graphics on it, but like that game was instantly like a legendary game for for the PS3. So if it's if this doesn't meet that or exceed it, people are gonna be very disappointed. So they're like, listen, you know, <laughs> we're gonna make you wait because we know if we push this thing out when we don't feel comfortable with it, you're gonna be pissed off. So we'd rather have a delay. And, and honestly, Rockstar's got the confidence to know people are going to buy this. You know, if we delay it, it, we're not worried about delaying and then losing people from, from, you know, losing interest. They're going to stay hyped with this for a long time. So they're like, yeah, if we got to push it off, whatever, you know, I don't think they, they really mind. So it's probably for the best. Um, and, and actually the, the guy over at EA made a good point. He goes, well, yeah, obviously we, 
we like that we can you know have a window that we can release something in that's not going to have to compete directly with this. But at the same time, it's it's great when games like Red Dead come out because it drives console sales, right? Like you know people will buy consoles to play a certain game, and, and this this kind of game could be one of them. You know, they they offer like a package deal, like a PS4 Pro with Red Dead Redemption for Christmas. Yeah you'll see people pick that up just for that game because they want to play it. And once they've got the console, it's a hell of a lot easier for other developers to sell, you know, merchandise to those people who now have a new console and eventually they're going to want another game to play on it. So it's good for everyone when this sort of thing happens. No, I, th- I think that's a, that's a very good way to frame it. I, I could, this is one of these games you could see him coming out with like a, you know, like a special PS4 box for it. It's, it'll, it has the potential to be that big. It certainly has that kind of cachet coming into it and, and that much anticipation. Oh yeah, I feel like it should. Um, pretty, I'm about ninety percent sure the Grand Theft Auto Five had. Um, no, I know for a fact the Grand Theft Auto Five had some sort of uh, had something similar uh, with with an Xbox at least. So hopefully Red Dead will uh, will get that same treatment. I am curious to see though how you know we we were talking uh, just a second ago about how you know if, if it doesn't compare to the first Red Dead. That obviously people were upset, but I'm, I'm wondering if people are not only going to hold it to the standard that, that they hold the first Red Dead, but also to Grand Theft Auto V, you know, as far as how it looks and how it plays and whatnot. I'm wondering if that will um, affect people's, people's uh, judgment uh, on the game. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. I mean, Rockstar has a very very robust portfolio of, of extremely successful games they've released over the past decade. So, I mean, they've got a, a tall order to meet, but, you know, obviously they keep kind of hitting the mark with a lot of the stuff they release. So yeah, I think I, I think and I hope they will do well because I, I really, I love Westerns. So, I you know, the first game was just like, oh, man, this is this feels exactly like a good Western film. You know, it's just it was a great feeling game, and I, I really want to get that again on a, on a more modern console. That's a that's a pretty good you know I, I was thinking about that when you when we going over the show notes um, in terms of Red Dead I the the Western genre or like not the, not just the genre but like that setting has really been underdone in most games Red Dead is really the only one that I can think of that really took advantage of anything like that you can kind of you can you, there's definitely some echoes in it and some things like Fallout things like that but in terms of like a true no no kidding uh, you know plays like like a hardcore western movie kind of thing with a lot of neat elements uh there's not been a lot of games like that red dead's definitely it's certainly the only one that pops out in my mind and just that sort of that sort of game environment or that world that you could build you can bring into all kind of really neat stuff there's been some pretty cool um attempts in other genres like not just games but in other areas of like fantasy westerns or like you know, like dark fantasy westerns stuff like that that bring in some more supernatural elements that like work well into that sort of vibe uh, i think it would be I, i'd be kind of interested to see more in that i mean you could definitely turn turn that into a you know a pretty pretty burgeoning you know kind of you know, kind of game world if you really want to mess around with it. I'm not real sure how like an FPS type game would go into it, like a, like a hardcore FPS game, because that the, the gun mechanics just won't won't kind of work right. You know, based on what most people are are kind of used to. Uh, but I Why think not? it would be pretty cool. Well, I I think you could get away with it for a little while, but until you and but until people can't have their like machine guns, like that that'll probably that might be a problem. That's yeah, what they said about Battlefield One, though, and I mean, look at that game. 
The game's still doing pretty well. There's so many automatic. Yeah, there's in there's a lot now. of stuff in that. <laughs> like it, like for gameplay, yeah, sure, but it, it does not at all match what historically you would expect in that era. You wouldn't have that many guys running around with full auto guns. Because yeah, they, they, I, I they think, knew that bolt-action rifles only for gameplay would not appeal to a large crowd. Well, I tell you, I tell you what would be a pretty cool. Uh, believe it or not, I mean, I'm, I'm not here. I'm, I enjoy Telltale games, uh, but that would be a pretty cool format for something like. Go back and watch a movie like Silverado, which was a really, really fun Western movie with a lot of a lot of big name actors in it when it first came out. And that's a that's just like a kind of a, a fun movie. There's enough action in it and there's enough things going on. You could have like a telltale game that, that was built around it or any number of other things, but it would definitely be a kind of a, like I said, it didn't mean to side rail it, but I, I just kind of dawned me to think about Red Dead generally that that's a, it's an underdone sort of game world. That's not really been uh, exploited, you know, very much here in the last several years that I can think of. Yeah. And I think that could largely be just that the setting is not, nearly as universal as other sort of settings. Like, you know, you got fantasy games. Well, fantasy has kind of been propagated around the world, you know, in various forms. But, you know, uh, a Western is very distinctively an American sort of setting. You just don't see that appear in other cultures. That it's just a, It was set around such a very distinctive time period, a very distinctive setting, that your pool of developers is, is much smaller. You've got, you know, Japanese developers probably aren't going to touch that. The European developers probably aren't going to be very interested. So you're looking at a, a much smaller subset of only really an American developer is going to really push for this sort of thing. That's why you know you got Rockstar, for example, is is really going to you know push for that that sort of setting. And I think that's probably why you haven't seen as much of it. But like you said, Jay, like a Telltale style game or something that just really kind of dives into that that setting and that sort of you know storytelling is would be really good. I'd, I'd love to play more of that. A couple of things before we we move on from this. I um, in that well, first going back to you know talking about. Uh, and FPS, you know, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five does have that that first person mode, and I feel like people liked it well enough. I'd be curious, and I I do think that Rockstar will try to import that to to Red Dead uh, Two. Be curious how that turns out. Hmm. Should be fine. Um, I would think. Could be wrong though, because you know, uh, like like Jay was talking about bolt action rifles and, and whatnot would be. Uh, interesting to to see how people like them in, in first person I, I i feel like people you know like them well enough for for third person they don't mind them i mean obviously well, they well, don't mind them you know like, now that i think about first it game. um you know but i think you, you you may have me sold on this like uh if uh, pokey help me out here when me and you jumped onto like world of tanks when it first hit console like the biggest difference that i felt um you know coming coming from like you know running gun games and stuff like that was Every shot matters because there's like anywhere between on the tank you were in anywhere between like three and 12 seconds mm-hmm. before you get to shoot again. So when you miss, there's like an oh shit moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, You're like diving I, for cover like, uh, okay. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I could see, I could see like, uh, you know, when every shot means that much more, like if you got a six shooter, you know, that's, hey, you're, you're not just spraying and praying, <laughs> you know, that, that could, uh, that could turn out poorly. See, I, I I don't think that'll happen because it, I, I, at least I didn't feel like it happened much in the first game. You know, you could pull out Whoa. your you could pull out your your forty five and just you know pull that trigger six times in a row and you would probably kill them. Same uh, same thing with some of the rifles too. Honestly, 
Well, okay. So the first game, you're you're looking at. I mean, yes, there was the PvP, but it, it, the game PvP was, was built around PVE, really. I mean, it was kind of that. Yeah. You know, you're you're fanning the hammer, doing the you know the cool, the probably not terribly realistic. Yeah, but you just you know you're you're blowing through bullets, and it was it was cool. It was it had a very cool feel to it. If you're looking for more, you know, tight competitive sort of gameplay, like it's like a more PvP focused game. Uh, what Jay is describing is probably a little more realistic, where you kind of dial oh, some of that see, back. Right. It's more about like right. you know, you've got you know six shots in your revolver, right? Well, it's gonna take you a while to reload it, and not have this crazy you know quick Call of Duty you know flipping the the bullets in there in like half a second, like actually like realistic how long it would take to actually load the gun. You're gonna think real careful about how fast you're gonna fire those six shots because it's gonna take you a while to, to put them back in the chamber. So you could almost kind of have like a a Western setting, almost like a Rainbow Six Siege, where it's very deliberate, very careful. You know, you're trying to get a good angle. You don't want to waste a lot of bullets. You've got limited ammo, limited magazine, that sort of thing. That could actually be pretty badass. Like an old uh, OK Corral style shootout, where you're, you know, kind of creeping around through the 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 uh, the, the bar and, and trying to shoot through the window and stuff like that. That'd be kind of badass. I would play that. Honestly, any game if you imported to the Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, uh, style, if you will, I think would be pretty cool. Space game, western, fucking like cow, uh, not cowboys and Indians, it's the same thing. But, like Indians and spears and whatnot, I think would still be really cool. Yeah, anything that kind of encourages a really deliberate, careful play style could be pretty interesting. It would actually probably fit a more historically accurate setting of, of a western where you know you don't you're not running around with a machine gun, you're not you know blowing through thirty bullets in a second because you know you're Get super. Uh, what do they call the dead eye shot or whatever? Where you can like lock on people in slow yeah. motion. Uh, something that's meant to be a little more grounded could be could be pretty could, pretty good. I, I don't think we've seen any really solid uh, Western theme PvP focused like as their their first and foremost you know uh, you know, game design principle. But uh, I, I'd like to see that. So if there's an announcement for a Western PvP game uh, that you know takes on that Rainbow Six Siege style and we can probably claim that that was our idea and they stole yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, one more thing, I promise. Uh, in that article that, that uh, Pokey linked, I had the screenshot, and it also talked about some uh, maybe importing uh, Grand Theft Auto Online to Red Dead 2. I wanted to know what you guys uh, thought about that. Just the game mode style in general? Yeah, just the thing in general. Because you know, you know, right now, if you if, if you're kind of uh, following the, the the gaming news, uh, Grand Theft Auto Online has had a list. You know, not only did it have a shaky start, uh, which you know, if it is important to Red Dead Two, I, I I feel like that'll be a thing as well again. Um, but also, they they have had some problems. Um, you know, with, with people modding the game and, and and hacking, and you know, they've had to it, on, on the PC version at least, they've had to. Um, Prevent people from from uh, you know loading mods uh, under the the banner of uh, or under the threat of being of uh, being banned, uh, which kind of upset people. I can see why Rockstar did it, you know, and I can kind of see why people are upset. Um, but I wonder if if you know such a mode that that does have its issues uh, is the right move uh, for Red Dead Two. As someone who doesn't play uh, GTA Five online, what what kind of gameplay is the online mode? I'm, I'm not familiar with it. it. It it's like the did you play the the uh, the PvP for um, Red Dead? 
Yeah, kind of the free roam sort of deal. Yeah, okay. it, it's kind of like that. Except okay. with how there's a... I think there were eight people in Red Dead. Might be a little bit more in Grand Theft Auto Online. But, you know, there's still... Uh, there's different missions to, to do and whatnot uh, than are than there are in the in the main game, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the PvP, I wasn't a huge fan of Red Dead 1. Um, it was just... It's not it's not the kind of experience I went to that game for. Um, it was it was fun in some settings when I had a group of friends and you know we we do crazy shit with people who'd pop into the game. You know it'd be it'd be kind of fun to to mess around with them. But uh, it wasn't my main draw. But you know if people are enjoying the GTA Five online style of gameplay and it's they've kind of ironed out some of the issues, why not? I guess I mean people like a good PvP experience if if that's what they come there for. So I don't see why they wouldn't, especially if they've kind of learned a few things from you know doing gta 5 fair enough now one thing i did forget to mention um you, you brought up the issue with people hacking and whatnot from what i can tell rockstar has not confirmed and refuses to confirm if there is going to be a pc version of the game so that may even be up in the air if you, you oh, really even be able to play this on pc it might be a console exclusive they haven't said one way or the other but Hello. they keep asking him and they're like eh, Anyways, you know that that'll piss people off. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, although well. when did the when did the the PC version of Grand Theft Auto Five come out? Because it didn't come out same day as the version, did it? Let me look here. Yeah, that's what I was doing. This is I was still talking. So yeah, it looks like it was delayed. Um, it was originally going to come out in uh, April, but it got pushed uh, pushed out again. So yeah, there was there was a significant delay between the release on console um, and the PC version of GTA 5. So, you know, it, it, this is a trend we're starting to see a lot more of. Um, Destiny's doing the same deal where the, the game is made for console and then they basically port it over to PC and then release it at a later date. So it could be a thing where they, they've made it for console, that's their, their target, and they haven't quite decided what they're going to do with it for PC, if at all. So that could be why they're kind of being coy about it and going, eh, well, you know, we'll see. Um, so I, I, I will agree though that people are gonna be pissed off if it doesn't come off on PC. Um, I know that's a big gripe that a lot of PC players have is that games are usually made for console and then they get the ported version of the PC, which is it comes with its own issues sometimes. So you know we'll we'll see what they end up doing with that one. Want my zombie DLC again? <laughs> I, I actually know that's that's actually a good example of a, of a zombie cool. DLC being done because it had its own story mode, but it was like we're not gonna even try to make this be part of it we're just gonna uh, say it's total spin-off has nothing to do with the main story but it actually has a plot it's not just yeah there's zombies go kill them you know it's it's a little more thought involved with that and and they have the same quality in terms of you know what the story was as to the rest of the game uh i so yeah i really love the undead nightmare dlc for red dead one all right moving along from that now i, I did mention destiny 2 uh, a minute ago so i, I do kind of want to hop into that um with some details regarding the the pc beta so uh i actually saw a pretty funny article on on pc uh pc gamer that was saying that the destiny 2 uh beta for pc will be forged from the tears of the console players because a lot of the feedback that uh came out of the the, the console version of the destiny 2 beta has kind of been implemented into the game and the version that the pc players are going to be getting is a much more updated build of the game so it's not going to be the exact same uh experience that the console players got so if you play the console version even if you intend to play the game on console, it might be worth checking out the PC beta if you can, uh, just to get a feel for some of the changes that are going in. But uh, a couple things that I wanted to bring up. 
Um, so power ammo, that's the, the new heavy ammo. Uh, they've increased the drop rate on that, so you will be able to use it more often because it was pretty terrible before. You just you just didn't get it enough to actually feel like it mattered, uh, which is a real pain in the butt because uh, shotguns and sniper rifles, and sniper rifles in particular, were really important for Destiny 1 gameplay. You, you usually pick off the guys at a distance, you know, get maybe like a, a third or a half of them with a sniper rifle, which was a special weapon at the time, and then switch to your primary and finish off the rest of them. By moving that to the power weapon slot, which is, like I said, the new heavy weapon, that really severely limits how much you could use that. And also, it makes you make the choice between, do I want a sniper rifle or do I want, like, you know, a grenade launcher or a rocket launcher, which is, you know, a much more potent sort of weapon. So... In general, hopefully we'll get to see more use of power weapons in the game, uh, just because, you know, kind of locking people out of using that long-range or short-range option behind, you know, a very sharp limitation on the ammo was kind of shitty. So that's a good change. Um, oh, they is, have, the, is that what that third weapon was? Was my power weapon? Yeah, so you got your kinetic weapon, which yeah. is just your gun, just shoots bullets. You got your energy weapon, which is the it used to be a special weapon, but now it's just an elemental weapon. They behave similar to uh, uh, to your primaries, but like I said, they've got an elemental affinity to them, and they are different guns. Like they, they are nope. just elemental versions of the same gun. No, I actually think they are. I, I think. Really? I think- yeah, so that's the beef, right? That's one of the big beefs is you basically get two primaries. You you get one that's a kinetic only, and then you get another one that has an elemental tag to it. Gotcha. Oh. Okay. And then they and then like Pokey said, they moved around. They you know what they were calling special. You know they kind of did away with heavy weapons. So you really got like you know like uh, I think it's, I think I, is they're using the term power weapons now. That's power weapons yeah. is the word they're using. Yeah. So you get like two primaries and a power, whereas in the old one you had a lot more freedom. You had three different types of weapons, and you can move them around a lot more flexibly uh, in terms of what you were carrying. Oh, yeah. It, it, I I've got mixed feelings about what they did. I don't know why they changed it like they did. I, I my, my biggest beef, I think, is is putting the shotguns and the sniper rifles on the power weapon slot. Yeah, I'm, I was I was okay with kind of the you know you've got one elemental, one non-elemental primary. Fine. Um, you know, you've kind of got your neutral damage, and you have a specialized damage for certain enemy types. I'll buy that. But moving those staples of guns to the power weapon just felt weird. Um, mostly because they weren't any more powerful in the PvE experience. In PvP, they were more prevalent, which is why they might have done it. But it just it felt goofy to, to put those next to weapons like a rocket launcher. I mean, it's like shotgun or a rocket launcher. What are you going to pick? And chances are you're going to pick the one to blow shit up. So that that was kind of a weird one for me. So is that two different ammo types then for the for yeah. the uh, kinetic and the elemental? Yeah. So you're gonna have three ammo types. You got the uh, kind of the no. white boxes. That's your kinetic one. You got the green boxes. That's your elemental. And then the purple boxes are your power weapon. Man, I really wish I'd have known all this during the beta. <laughs> I'm not even sure if they explained that very well in the original game. I think you just kind of figured it out that that. You picked up the the green one and it refilled, you know, refilled your shotgun ammo. You just kind of had to figure it on your own. But uh, yeah, no, that's 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 what's going on with that one. Good job, Bungie. Keep doing you. Hey, so are they going to change the the balance numbers for some of the guns though? Because I, I remember <laughs> when we talked about the the beta console beta, we we decided that a lot of the guns were, uh, I think, all the guns actually were underpowered relative to the to the power level of the of the bosses. 
and the enemies. Yeah, so a couple things on that. Um, from a design philosophy, they, their, their goal for PvP was they wanted to increase the time to kill, um, which they very clearly did. It's it, it, Guns are very, very weak in PvP. Um, they have apparently ramped up the damage on kinetic and elemental weapons. Now, they have said that they, while you won't see any large um, system changes between PvE and PvP, meaning your, you know, your powers and your abilities aren't going to be different between the two, uh, they may have slight differences in weapon balance. So, you know, weapon A might do a little more damage in PvP, but less in PvE or, or whatever. So you might see some stat differences between each of them, uh, but in terms of like how they perform, how they feel, is probably going to be pretty similar. But as a general note, one of the changes they have made is that weapons, at least the primary and the elemental ones, do increase damage from what you experienced in the console beta. So then, does that mean that there's going to be two sets of weapons? So you have your, your standard assault rifle, right? You're going to have your PVE assault rifle, and then you're going to have your PVP assault rifle. Well, it's no. the same. It's That's the same. The it's the, <laughs> the same, same gun. It's the same gun, but it might do more damage in one mode versus the other. So the, this is the, what okay. you hit on bait is, and this is actually kind of cool because you're you're not that familiar with Destiny. You're all right. You, no, but this this is actually a, a good discussion in terms of how you design games. One of the things that Destiny struggled with for a while, like in their their initial, yeah, you could argue they've they've had three significant iterations of Destiny. You know, like they've had the original, then kind of had a taken the the Taken King version, which is where, where where I would say it really became a much more complete game. But then they kind of here in the latter part with like Rise of Iron and stuff like that, they added a few more things. They didn't really evolve it much. The problem they've had is they built a a really really good PV co-op PVE game, and then they wanted some PVP in it, which you can imagine that you know that makes them all, makes a lot of sense. The problem is balancing between what you do in PVE versus PVP is incredibly difficult. The player base, you know, broadly has been asking to separate or bifurcate PVE and PVP in a much more holistic way because what they're kind of doing is trying to straddle both you know kind of kind of both ends of it in terms of how they balance the game all the way from weapons the what the special effects of weapons uh the different things your exotic weapons can do and particularly your powers like your actual you know like your space magic powers that you get which are can be wildly i mean they're they're, they're designed to make you feel kind of like i said you know the week like space superhero you know you're flying through the air throw like a lightning bolt down and you're headshot another guy while you're still in the air, hit the ground and then you know, ram off your super and you're clearing like a whole mob of bad guys. And, and it looks badass when you do and you feel badass when you do it. But And you can kind of get away with that in PvP, but they've had to move things around so dramatically. Uh, and then PvP and, and Destiny, the last time I played Destiny and PvP, you could, you could one-hit kill guys quite a bit. Like if you got close enough with a shotgun you, you unless it was a titan like you know it was fully charged up you know shields or whatever you had a pretty good shot of getting a one sh one shot kill on a guy if you got right up on him or if you had a, like a charged melee attack things like that in the current game it, that that is absolutely not a thing uh so it'll it it will be interesting to see kind of how they how they kind of fold this around particularly in the pvp world when they've dropped it down to four on four you're talking about like you know really small slice fights that you're, that you're having with under with right now currently at least what we experience in ps4 some pretty underpowered capabilities 
And so the time to kill was dramatic. It, it was not even the same PvP game from from D1. Yeah, I think what I much would have preferred is that they just kind of kept the crazy abilities in the PvE game, and then when you're in Crucible, it just had a modifier on saying, like, hey, listen, your abilities do less damage and they cool down slower, and then just balance your PvP around that. I mean, yeah, it's great that they the guns are balanced differently, I guess, because, you know, even in Destiny 1, like with shotguns is a good example, the only way they can make shotguns remotely useful in PvE because they, they would usually one shot people in, in PvP, um, but they had to, they had to, you know tone them to a certain point where you know you couldn't kill a guy from halfway across the room because the damage was so high. But then you took it into PvE game mode, and it was like you know you're shooting cotton balls at the guy because the gun is designed not to you know one shot things. It, um, it was basically uh, somebody described it to me is if you took your melee range and then doubled it, that was what the shotgun's optimal range was. Which yeah. makes which makes a pretty good amount of sense because your your melee attacks in Destiny have a pretty good amount of reach. I mean, they're kind of designed that way. Yeah, and it's just in in uh, a lot of the play, like I said, Jay, a lot of the player base agrees with kind of what we're saying here that they uh, they wish that they would just balance this stuff separately and just like don't even try to dance around the issue of like oh well we kind of want the same thing. The guns might be a little different, but it's the same. Screw that. No one wants that. They want it to feel really cool in the PvE, and they want it to feel really fair in the PvP, and, and Bungie can't quite figure out how to do both at the same time. So the players are like, well, then don't. Just do it separately. And I think that's that's probably the optimal fix for, for that debacle. But, you know, for this one, they seem to be pushing forward with the, well, you're, the gameplay feels the same either way. The guns just might be a little bit different, but don't expect anything huge in terms of balancing differences, which is... You know, a shame. I, I really hope that the, the PvE doesn't suffer as much as I fear it might because of, you know, trying to make the PvP balance work. On that note, however, they did say they're going to make grenades more powerful. Not that they cool down faster, I don't think, just that they hit harder, um, which could mean a couple of things. I know that in Destiny 1, uh, the grenade I like to use is the trip tripwire grenade for the hunter which would basically like you stick to a wall and if the guy walked near it it would blow up um if you stuck it to someone's face it would blow up and kill them instantly that was just kind of a thing that if you got that that clean hit um it was a one-shot kill kind of like jay was talking about before uh that is not the case in destiny 2 at least for the beta that i played on, on console um the, the grenade was not that strong it would injure them pretty well but they Maybe. certainly wouldn't die instantly from it. it it's enough to make a guy go what 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 was that <laughs> well, because it made this distinctive beep as it was arming, so you wouldn't really see the grenade on your character, but you'd hear the beep go off, and you're like, ah, shit, and then boom, your your body would hit the ceiling. It's like, okay. Um, but yeah, so they, they in Destiny 2, that wasn't the case. I pegged the guy right in the face, and it, it hurt him, but it certainly didn't one-shot him. So we'll see if these grenades being amped up will... I'm not sure if it's like across the board grenades are stronger or if it's just certain ones, but hopefully, you know, at least some of them will feel a little more potent uh, when you use them. Well, I know like the Warlock was very grenade focused in Destiny yeah. 1, and, and without that, they're like, oh, well, this is kind of weird now. I, what I'm doing, my, my, I mean, their whole thing was, you know, space magic, you know. Well, yeah, well that, yeah. yeah, that, trust me, that was, that, that was what I noticed because I, I played Warlock quite a bit. Like, that's probably my main when I, I worked in Destiny 1, but that was, incredibly noticeable with warlock because in fact if you're playing it right you're you're really only buying time with your with your weapons until some of your space your space magic is available which should be more than no more in some flavor or not either a melee a grenade or, or something like for more than a few seconds 
Uh, and that was very noticeable. The other thing that that's in there is with each of the, if you think about it, you got three main main classes. And then now there's in theory, three subclasses for each one of those. Each one of those subclasses in D1, you had multiple options about how you could configure your grenades. Uh, now there's some overlap, but you could, some of them were very small and very powerful. Some of them were homing. Some of them split into a bunch of little bomblets. Some of them did other effects, like they blinded, dazzled you. Uh, some of them did area effect in like a little globe and you had to run through and you took damage, that kind of shit. Some of them were sticky, some weren't. And you could configure that. Well, you can't do that anymore. But that was a big part of it. Part of it, you could configure your your space magic kit to whether your grenades and melee could feed off each other in different ways. Uh, or you could just set them up for different styles of play. And, and that was absolutely not the case, much less with the recharge rate. But my understanding is they've definitely taken that to heart and they are... Are, are they changing some of the, re the recharge rate on the grenades or just increasing their power? They were vague and they said they're making them more powerful. So who knows exactly what they mean by that? But to me, that speaks that it's just they do more damage or they have you know a larger effect, not so much that you can use them more often. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that makes sense. And I know the super, the super recharge is definitely getting a bump because that yeah. was a, a massive, a massive uh, issue in... Uh, you know, kind of the PS or the console beta because you you could you could go for like a ten minute match and you would get your super like in minute nine. <laughs> it was yeah. Bad. And there was a guy on YouTube that raised a really good point. He goes, when the the audience is sitting there watching the big reveal for Destiny Two, they aren't cheering because of you know the gunplay. They're cheering when you know Zavala jumps out in front of the missile and puts his big super bubble up. Like that's that's the part they're excited about. And when you can go an entire PvP match and potentially never see your super, it's like, well, why am I playing Destiny then? Like the whole point of it is to have that like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm awesome. I've got cool space magic. I can block a missile. Like so, when you take that out of the equation it really detracts from kind of the experience people are looking for so you know i i hope that it's it's actually a fairly significant increase because you know it's it's not enjoyable when you get it like at the last second and it's like well i guess i'll use it it, it may not do anything because it's the end of the match already but it, it does take away from the experience i think so I'm, I'm really glad to see them ramping that one up so are they going to increase or decrease the amount of time it takes for you to get a new grenade in they have the... not said that specifically yet. Okay. So, yeah, it, the increase in power could be to, to satisfy the PvE element because, you know, if it's not doing any damage, it's really not useful, but they don't want to have it, you know, recharge too quickly so you can spam it in PvP, and we go back to the previous issue here. So who knows what they're going to do exactly, but it's but, it's yeah. frustrating. See, that's weird. I felt like the, the, the grenades did... Uh, a fine amount of damage in PvE. Maybe it was just me, though, but it just took 12 and a half years to get a new one, which was really annoying. Yeah, I'm more of a fan of the get it more often so I can use it more often because you can make more tactical choices rather than I have to save it up, you know, to use you know, however I want. Now, I will say one one thing I really did like with the Warlock when I was watching my brother play it is that they can draw energy from their super to charge up their grenade. Yep. Uh, what? That, that, 
yeah, that that's actually kind of cool. I, I like the the design principle of you can actually consume super energy to modify skills. I I wish more classes did that rather than just oh, one subclass cool. of the warlock. But that was cool. I like that. Well, but, see, that was that was like one of the cool things about the warlock. You could set up like a melee centric build where you could where if you got a kill with your grenade, it automatically recharges your melee. Or you could do it vice versa. So you could set up like a melee factory, a grenade factory, or a super factory in terms of if you played Warlock. And that whole, like, that that's sort of like how I want to choose to play that character was kind of gone with how they how they reworked a lot of the, you know, kind of the choices and the skills that you had. Because they, they absolutely, absolutely just homogenized everything in terms of the subclasses that we saw. So whereas what you saw, Bait, was definitely like, a, it was probably about 40% of the choice you had in when you had a, a character of of an equivalent level in Destiny One in terms of how you wanted to set your character up for him to to function in the game, uh, and it was actually very intuitive too. And it, and you could set yourself up for it to to be very balanced, or like I said, you could get really good at certain things. Uh, and that was the one thing I really kind of kind of disappointed me a little bit about uh, D one or D two, excuse me. Yeah, and, and one something someone brought up is actually a pretty good idea is that of all the supers we saw, um, all of them were kind of what they they're describing as roaming supers, where you use it and it buffs your character in a way and allows them to, to initiate an effect over a period of time, maybe you know six to ten seconds. Uh, with the Voidwalker, the Warlock, the one I'm talking about, they could charge their their grenade. They've got the Void Bomb, which is they literally just shoot out a big ball of, of Void energy and it kind of tracks down and explodes and kills. So they don't have that roaming super. It's kind of a one-shot and done. So I can kind of see what they're going for. The, hey, your super is a one-shot, but if you want, you can consume it to kind of use it on the go in the form of your you know enhanced grenade. So I, that's probably why they did it, just from a design perspective. But uh, yeah, I, I wish they would have done more of that kind of the idea that I can use my super to, to supercharge abilities rather than using the super itself. That was that was cool. I, I, I hope that when they do the third subclass for all the, the, the roles that more of that kind of comes out. Uh, I hope so. Like I said, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what this what this all kind of kind of looks like, you know, here in the future. I, I'm you know, as much as people like to rib on Destiny, they they do a lot of things very well. They really mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. and the the potential to have some great gaming experiences are are there. It's in my opinion, it's, it's probably the most fun and challenging co op gameplay that I've that I've experienced. You know, you get six people together in some of those like nightmare raids. It's, you know, you're one, you might as well lock in. You're going to be there for 45 minutes at a minimum, you know, like 45 minutes to an hour. You can, you can kind of book that out. And, and that was, I think a big beef. A lot of people are having with the PVP piece is they, there's so much emphasis on the PVP, the changes being evolved for PVP. It really, Isolates what a, what I think brings a lot of people to Destiny. You don't play Destiny for the PvP generally. There will be some people that do clearly, but more than not, you're you're there for the PVE and the co-op PVE, and then you mess around in the Crucible or you mess around in the PvP to get like a cool piece of armor. You know that that's that's generally what I saw. Then you would go play PvP in somewhere else that was much more tuned for it, uh, and and I think that formula worked really well for them. But they're definitely kind of turning that on here right now. Yeah, for sure. It'll be good to see. And and like I said, if you're capable of checking out the uh, the PC beta, I, I, we're certainly going to do it. At least I am. Um, I think Zell's probably going to give it a shot. Um, and and we'll we'll kind of give our thoughts on that. 
so in terms of the, the PC beta, this is a reminder for the dates. Um, August 28th, if you pre-order the game, August 29th for everyone else. And the PC beta ends on August 31st. Now, they did add an extension to the end of the uh, console beta a couple days, so it might go past then. Uh, just something to consider with, with that one. Um, oh, and one thing I forgot to mention, that if you uh, did the PvP Crucible map for the control game mode. Uh, it was on the Midtown map, but if you do it on the PC beta, it's going to be on a, a map from Javelin 4, I guess. So again, you'll get to try a different PvP map if you check that on PC. Uh, there is no uh, confirmation if you'll have access to the farm social space. I, I would guess you probably will on the PC beta, just because they did it for the console, but you know, who knows? Hopefully you can, you can try it out and kind of see what that looks like. Um, just a couple more things on, on that, though, before we move along. So one weird thing, um, you can import your character from Destiny 1 if you have an active character. Um, and that comes with, you know, some character stats, you know, lifetime kills, time in game, stuff like that. It doesn't include your weapons or armor or anything like that. We've been over that. But the weird thing is, is that you can't even edit your character appearance if you import your character. You have to create an entirely new character. And I guess I kind of understand from a continuity perspective that they want your character to be the same throughout the whole saga. But at the same time, it's like if you're going to add new options for, for changing your appearance, you'd think you'd want to at least open those up, at least for like the first time for, for people importing their character. I thought that was kind of weird. Um, I don't know what you guys oh, think. You, can't, you cannot? You cannot edit, edit your character if you're importing from the first game. So you get so basically you get the tune that you made in the first game, but not uh, obviously none of their stuff. That's But you get like right. their stats. You, you, yeah, you get like their your lifetime kills, KDR stuff like that's, that. I mean, I mean honestly, that's kind of cool. I, I don't mind. I, I mean, that's kind of what we were talking about with you know Dust and Legion and all that kind of jazz. Was at least just let my my history be there. And if yeah. they, and if they throw you bone like and let you have like a cool emblem, like a D one you know emblem for your character or whatever like that, which is like an easy that's a very easy thing to do. Sure, uh, that would be probably all that most people would want. But yeah, that is a little odd. And my assumption is that, that, like you said, some of the character, so like whatever the haircut is that I had in the in the first one, my assumption is there's whatever that version in D2, if they didn't port it directly, you know, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll sort of morph over to that. I guess, yeah. I, I'm not sure if they're not adding new options, so it doesn't matter because that's all you would get, or it, it's a little strange. I, I'm a little disappointed because I'd like to keep my my you know, legacy character, but I wasn't really entirely, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really pleased with how I look. So I'm like, I guess I'll keep my helmet on forever. I mean, and, and to be fair, 95% of the game, you, you can't see your face anyway, so it doesn't really matter, but it was just kind of one of those, like, that's okay, I guess it's kind of weird, but you know, it's not going to, not going to irk me too bad, but it was just kind of a strange thing that they were doing. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. dumb overall, I think. It don't matter. <laughs> Kills don't matter. It's a new game, dude. Well, hey, you know, well, you know what actually is beefing a lot of people? That's, there's a lot of people beefing on the Destiny forums about is that 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 you have another you have a silent protagonist that the your voice is basically the oh, uh, the little widget uh, the ghost that's with you the little floating you know uh, hockey, you know star thing that's with you all the time. That's what that, there. Are a lot of people are really beefing about that. They're like, I don't understand that. Like, that's dude, really it's common. A move on. Oh my god. I don't well, like I, this I think, new fad with talking protagonists. What do you mean, future? Fad? Oh my god. Are you in serious? like every game ever? Yes. The talking, especially in shooters. 
Or you have first you have absolutely it's you have stupid. not played a game that I've played in the last fifteen years, man. <laughs> fucking stupid is what it is. <laughs> Every game was have a uh, no, no. Their their point is they went to this great amount to add story into the game. Like it, like in the first one, I could totally buy like not having a voice because like you didn't have to know what the fuck was going on in that game. You're just, you're just like, wow, this looks this looks really cool and it it feels cool, but. I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, you I don't thought, know what I'm thought, doing in the second you, game. Why do I need to talk to the It was 50 <laughs> times worse than that in the first <laughs> one. It was 50 times. So the, all that voice acting you heard in that, in that first one, that shit was like the entire version of <laughs> Destiny 1, all in that one mission. Like, no kidding. So they, like, the, their whole point is like they, they went to this. Apparently, there's like 50 cutscenes that they built into this game. There's... There's a, a lot of a lot of different things that they build into it, but you you basically stand there mute and your little voice box, you know, ghost robot, like snarkily, you know, responds on your behalf the entire time, and it's it's like, come on, man, it's like, could we have gotten a little bit better than that? Yeah, I mean, their 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 reason for that was that they want, from a role playing perspective, they want your character's perceived response to be whatever you want it to be and how they say it. Which is fairly common in games like Fallout 3, for example. You, you would respond with text, but your character would never actually speak. Uh, that was a change in Fallout 4, is that they gave the main character a voice. So you, you, I guess you, you lost the ability to make assumptions about how your character was saying something in response. That's important to some people. A lot of people, I don't think, really care. Um, but like, like you said, Jay, they, they went through this grand length to say, oh, it's this big cinematic universe and we have all these cutscenes and they're like, oh yeah, but your character can't talk. Um, he just kind of awkwardly stands there for every single cutscene while the, while the ghost is chattering about. So it's a little weird. It doesn't really bother me, um, but it also feels a little out of place compared to everything else that's coming out recently. Like, you know, Fallout 4, for example, is a good, a good comparison. Hey, let me put it this way. Yeah, even but it was Ma- Even Master Chief has a voice. True. It Even true. Master Chief has a voice. It's a shooter. You're not supposed to have a talking protagonist. Right. And that's my whole point. This is this is not just a shooter though. It's it an RPG. arguably has like it's an like, incredibly larger amount of story than Halo did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't give a shit if my character in Call of Duty talks, but if they're they're gonna play the but game, they off, they, would you well, get shot? Yeah, you, you, they at least say like "damn" or "shit." <laughs> <laughs> they would at least get that out of Call of Duty. I want my Destiny character to say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the memes of just basically people like green screening like their their Destiny character just like awkwardly standing in every situation saying nothing. <laughs> Shit's going around. They're just like mm, the ghost is chattering about some bullshit, and they're just like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna stand here and stare." If they're gonna, so, if they're gonna do that, if people are really gonna make a big hubbub about it, and Bungie is gonna, you know, succumb to the fans' wishes for that kind of thing, I think they should at least make the dialogue that you choose. You know, if they go that route in Destiny Two, to to actually mean what the freaking dialogue says. I like Fallout where it's like, oh, I'm going to choose the sarcastic uh, option. Oh, God. But it's totally not going to read like the text says on screen. Yeah. Well, and you got burned thing. in Mass Effect more than once, didn't you? <laughs> uh, yes, I did. Yeah. I, I mean, in games like Fallout where it's there is so many lines of dialogue and so many options for every single every single um, conversation, that's a large um, 
resource investment to record every single line for a main character. And in the case of Fallout, you've actually got two characters because you can pick a male or a female, and they're obviously different. But for this, it's like, I don't think you're going to have this big open world talk to you know 300 NPCs with 12 different dialogue options every time. It's probably going to be just a, hey, watch the cutscene. Your guy says something, move on. You know, It's not that big of an investment. It is a really weird choice in this case. I don't think it really would have been that hard. I think they're trying to stick too hard at the principle of, oh, it's a role-playing game. And people don't care that much. I don't Are think. they I think, marketing it as a role-playing game? It's, uh, no, not really. Not really, but they... They, they push it as this MMO first-person shooter story. Who the hell knows what you want to call it? But, oh, you know, they try to maintain like this, like, you know, your character is your own and you can make them talk however you want with your sock puppets in the living room. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. But to each their own, man. <laughs> okay. So I got, I got a question for both of you because I know you played it. So in the Homecoming mission, the first mission you play, uh, you do the little bit of the tower, and then you get inside a ship, and you fly up to the Cabal ship, and you do your stuff in there. And then the last part is you have to go into a room with this like spinning turbine thing, and you have to shoot the turbine out at three different points, and that triggers the end of the mission. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was okay. great. Okay. So how hard was that particular part for you, the turbine like kind of jump puzzle thing? You got to jump over the thing and, and get uh, to the... Not too bad. It wasn't bad. I think I died once. But so, that was so, my own fault. So, People have complained so much about how apparently impossibly difficult that part is that Bungie actually had to nerf the jumping puzzles and now it only has one rotating part on it because people apparently what? couldn't handle it. Well, there's there's two things going on. The so it, it is what they could have done is marked because there is if you they if you pan the camera in a in, yeah. in the appropriate way, like right under your feet. There's a marker that says, like, you know, the little carrot that says go here, you know, like the little follow it carrot. So it's actually on the screen, but unless you pan straight down at your feet, you don't see it. So, like, you don't see the you don't see the markers on each one of the little you know holes or the, the dugouts where you get to jump into to shoot the turbine. The first one is the only one that's marked, and it's the one literally at your twelve o'clock oh, yeah, right under your feet. feet. So you don't most people don't see it until you jump in, and then you're like, oh sh shit, I got to go back that way. And the other thing that, that kind of threw them off, uh, the jumping mechanics in Destiny are way, way, way slower and floatier than they were in the first one. So it was really easy to misjudge your jumps initially. I died probably about three or four times. And they, once I figured, like, oh, I just got to go in here and shoot these things. I was like, okay, there's one, two, three of them. Okay, I got it. And, it, and I whipped right through it. So it took me probably six minutes total. I, but I didn't have a problem. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's like an environmental thing that's going on in the, in the game. Something D1 really didn't have a whole lot of, which I, I thought was okay. And I, I laughed because the, I, I had no problem with that. And I think perhaps I was playing as a hunter, so you have a little more control, I think, for really precision jumping. So maybe that might have helped me. But the part that I actually had trouble with was during the strike with like the big spinning drill thing that like yeah. sweeps across. That was actually pretty mm -hmm. hard. I was like... Wow, okay, like you gotta that. really, you really gotta cool. be on. Yeah, it was cool. I'm like, you gotta be on top of your shit here. You're gonna get, you know, your ass kicked. Yeah, nothing about the, that. They're fine with the, that, but they couldn't that, handle the turbine. <laughs> the drills were the ones with the, uh, they were going along the rock, right? Yeah, and it was yeah, like yeah. three and a half foot spitting rock in front of you, and okay, yeah. No, that that yeah. was cool, but apparently that wasn't too hard. But the turbine no. was beyond doable, so they had to reduce <laughs> it to just one spinning part. That so I, I guess I was just. I, I guess like the player data they show that people died like 
an absurd number of times doing it. I mean, I died like three or four I, times. I, you, I misjudged. If, and, if you, know. you on on the big the, the big rock drill one's a big open area one. Uh, if you run to the right and you hug the wall, there's like a second level. Mm-hmm. If you jump up and you just run right past it and you it, it barely misses you each time. But if you take like the main route where all the bad guys are. I mean, it's 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 a good example. I thought it was actually a pretty good level design. Like, if you chose the the larger, what appeared to be the safer path or the easier path to navigate, you had to deal with the drill. If you made the made a couple a couple strategically timed jumps, you got to this nice smooth pathway that was only like one or two bad guys and perches, and you just ran the whole way and had to like duck out of the way like once out of the out of the line out of the line that big rock drill. And, and I was like. <laughs> Now, but what the funny thing is, I, I you know, because you get the little matchmaking thing, and you got this like two or three other guys with you, or there's like one or two other guys. With you. They were getting crushed every time. <laughs> and, like, and I'm like a mile in front of them, and I'm like, are they just what is going on? And then I kind of like worked my way back, and I kind of I was watching them. And then one guy kind of figured it out, and he like like went back, and then when he respawned, bounded up to where I was at, and I could watch him running the whole way. He said a duck out of the way like once, and he, he popped over with me, and, and we just kind of looked at each other. Did a little dancing mode and kept moving. <laughs> it was it was one of those neat little people. It was honestly those really cool little like co-op moments where ah oh, this is what emotes are for. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was it was great. I I I got through it again pretty quick. Um, but my brother was playing as a warlock and still hadn't quite gotten the hang of the jumping mechanics. So he's he almost makes it to me and then just gets absolutely creamed. And I see his little marker go shooting off into the distance because you know, the, the body goes flying when he, when he gets hit by the drill. It was like, oh, shit. I laughed so hard. Now, that, 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 part, was, that part was good. I like that. But that was the, the challenging one. I was like, okay, you, you kind of got to be on top of your stuff to get around this. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I guess turbines are, are difficult. So the turbine got nerfed. So when you play the PC version, you will not have to worry about the double turbine and – Good luck, I guess. So we sauce. So yeah. was that was that collected based on like we're gonna look at the game and see where a lot of people died, or is that like a bunch of twelve year olds complaining on the internet about oh it's too hard? It's Probably a bit both. of both, I think. Yeah, it's a okay, bit of both. Cool. I mean, to be fair, if you see someone dying fifty six times in the same spot on a jumping puzzle, clearly there's a problem. I don't know if the problem is that the puzzle is too hard or just how you're explaining it needs to be executed, but. You know who knows, but yeah. So oh, yeah. That, that that part got nerfed is just I thought it was funny because I I didn't have trouble with it. I thought it was fine, um, but you know there you go. Operator error. Operator error. All right, so let's move on from Destiny. Um, we'll again probably keep touching this one for quite a while up until the release here, but uh, yeah, some good stuff. Uh, now one thing that Jay actually kind of brought up in the show notes here that uh, something we actually had touched on. So couple months ago i forget when it was but xbox or microsoft specifically who purchased um the rights to minecraft uh, a long time ago um big huge deal i'm sure you probably heard about it uh but one of their big things that they did is that they had this play with anyone campaign where basically they had so many different versions of minecraft you got the pc version you got like the mac version you got the you know wii version you got the phone version they and they were all built on like like different kinds of engines just that made sense for the phones. They did is they went back and they unified the engines for all of these these versions of Minecraft, and that allowed them to actually have crossplay. So you can play with people on the Wii and you can be playing on your Xbox and you can do both of them. For some reason, Sony was not included in this. I don't know if it's Microsoft being weird or if it's Sony being weird. No, it's um, it's Sony. Is it Sony? They're, they're, yeah, they're pretty clear about it. 
So the this one of the kind of one of the interesting things that happened. It, this kind of slid under the radar with E3, uh, which you know we we you know, every anybody that talks about anything in the world of games, comic books, or you know re, remote pop culture, uh, you're going to cover E3 in some way. And one of the things that kind of slips by. And, you know, and it's definitely one of those sort of like aftershocks that you that you as you're getting past the you know the big game reveals and the announcement amounts announcements and all that kind of good stuff. Looking at all the cool cosplay pictures of Zell, it's um you get you get down to this interesting moment where Microsoft and Nintendo kind of had this. Um, I, I don't know how quiet it was, or but it was definitely well known. Is definitely when I do some Google searching on it's fairly well understood in the. In the, in the gaming and entertainment, you know, sections of anything you want to Google up. Basically, you can play Minecraft now on Switch, Xbox, or PC. And there's some other things that they've been ramping up uh, in terms of crossplay capability. And there's quite a few other games out there. Uh, Rocket League comes to mind that you know, it has uh, cross-functional capability across platforms right now. And it's increasingly looking like Sony is kind of on an island, and they very much admittedly are so uh for a couple reasons so what here's this is is i throw some tinfoil on uh microsoft in the form of the pc land and xbox land probably have a pretty good communication line open with nintendo right now and nintendo is absolutely trying to fight their way back into not being the distant third uh, between you know the Xbox, the PlayStation, they're they're really putting a lot into the Switch. They're trying to they're talking about a lot of things Nintendo that they really are trying to get back into the into the upper echelon with. And in, in all fairness, there's really no number four, so it's being number three in, in the world is not bad in one of these kind of things. So uh, I think with Sony being increasingly more uh, isolationist in terms of their gaming platforms and how they want you to play in terms of what, you know, the audience or the pool of people you play with, it leaves this really neat room open for Microsoft in the form of Xbox, PC particularly, and you can throw Nintendo in as, as kind of a, you know, a little bit of added chum in the water. So instead of saying, hey, we're not going to do crossplay, you got to play, you got to play inside the, the Sony PlayStation base or the, the Sony player base. When they open that crossplay up, it starts to attract a bigger, that's some energy that you have that your competitor doesn't. Uh, and Sony's argument is they've, they've really got a couple things. Their number one thing is they, they are by far the largest player pool out there uh, in terms of like basic gaming, stuff like that. And the numbers don't lie. I mean, they're, they are, they're definitely doing well in, a, in terms of platform sold, you know, game sold, all that kind of stuff. Number of exclusives, the whole smash, like they do very, very well. So it's, it's kind of hard to argue with them right now in, in the short term. Um, but there is, you know, there's some cracks in their armor. I think, I think they made a deal with Capcom to have Street Fighter work with PC. If I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm not, not mistaken, uh, but that was kind of an initial foray into it. But right now, I think that there's a, there, there's no reason in the world you can't get. If you told all the developers, look, you make your, you make your shit for whoever, but it's got to be able to be, to be cross-play. So when you play PvP, if it's console or PC, it doesn't matter. Um, or if you play like an RTS games are easier or FPS is whatever, anything that touches anything else, if you can get on the interweb, it should be able to play with each other. It wouldn't take more than about two years before that would be the industry standard in terms of something getting released. 
Uh, and I'm kind of surprised it's taken this long, but definitely it's my impression in all, all of the, the data that I can, at least the, the stuff I can get on, gather just doing a little bit of research, Sony is absolutely the ones who are saying no uh, for, for not a lot of really clear reasons uh, other than we just don't want to right now. So that's, that was kind of my, uh, my interesting thought of something coming out of E3. I, we've, we got introduced a little bit into some crossplay back in uh, our CCP gaming days when we were talking about like having PC game Eve and console game dust talk to each other, which they did a little bit. Um, but this is, you know, that was a, that was a, a very aspirational thing they wanted to do. This is much more realistic. There's, like we're talking about, you know, Destiny. There's no reason you couldn't have Destiny getting played on uh, a PC, an Xbox, or PlayStation, all doing co-op PV somewhere, and it working out just fine. Uh, but that's uh, it, it's kind of always puzzled me why they don't move more that way. Uh, I guess it's it'll happen eventually, but it's you know, right now it's going to be Sony's roadblock. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, it's we've talked a bit about crossplay in the past and how it. it I think that the the, the day of having exclusive games at least for you know trying to keep them not cross play is just it doesn't it doesn't encourage the players to actually be interested in the game i think that knowing that they can play with their buddy who may not have the same hardware is much more of an appealing thing to get someone to actually buy a game so i mean i've i've done it before where i've i've purchased a game simply because i knew that the person i would be playing with had it on a different platform but cross play was enabled i probably wouldn't have played it if that wasn't there so you know it's a positive and i hope that you know, some of these these hardware developers can kind of get their heads out of their asses about it and just you know let it happen. Alrighty, so let's go into some some game reviews, uh, some real quick ones here. Now I know that Bait has been playing uh, Rainbow Six Siege, and it's it's an older game, but it's actually been doing quite well recently. It uh, actually broke 20 million registered users, and I guess they have like an average login of like 2.3 million people. So for uh, a now free to play game, it's actually doing pretty well, I think. So Bait, do you want to give us your thoughts on on Rainbow Six? Rainbow Six Siege, real quick. Siege is free to play. I thought so, yep. wasn't it? What? It's, it's gone now, yeah. I I, I swear it, it like, was like like many like many paid games. It is becoming free to play. Huh? Weird. Did All you right. pay for it? No, I got it free from a friend because Microsoft has this great thing called Game Share, and it's the best thing ever. I can mooch off people. Video games, it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, Siege. Siege is really fun. Uh, if you're playing with uh, a group of people, it personally I don't find it very appealing. Uh, if you're just playing by yourself because you get these people like, oh, I gotta take games seriously, and then they get all like pissy at you when you don't do what you're supposed to do, or like you die. Like, dude, it's a it's a video game. I'm gonna die. You can't get mad at. Um, but you know, obviously, the friends just like, oh, you died, dude. You suck. And then you know, you move on, uh, which is more my speed. I'm not, you know, too super hardcore into stuff like that. Um, but the the destructibility is, is really cool. It's something that that I like about uh, uh, games like Battlefield. Um, I, I think it works. It works really well um, in Rainbow Six uh, Siege, given you know the type of game it is, and it leads to a lot of really interesting gameplay um, moments. So you randomly have a dude bust through a freaking wall. Uh, right behind you, scare the shit out of me. Um, and <laughs> he'll come in and he'll, he'll team wipe everybody, um, which is absolutely fantastic. Or you'll be like rappelling down a wall upside down, and there will be some idiot standing in the window, and you just like put a clip into him and he's down. It's like, dude, I'm upside down in front of you. Um, 
So, you know, j just from the sheer, it's kind of like Grand Theft Auto, right? You know, you go on Reddit on the, the gaming subreddit and all you see are Grand Theft Auto 5 GIFs of people doing, like, stupid, amazing uh, things. And Siege is kind of like that, right? So there's so many just capturable moments that, that really make the game uh, memorable, uh, in, in my opinion. And I feel like that's hard for a lot of shooters to do. And obviously, it's not, it's not their main thing, I, I don't think. But it, it does siege a, a really good favor. It, it does the game well to have these moments. Uh, Gameplay-wise, it's, it's a shooter. I mean, it's not really you know, much different. I guess the power-ups kind of do, do make it different from, from the, the other shooters out there. But there aren't really shooters in its category that try to do the same thing it does, uh, if, if that makes sense. There aren't other games that are, I, I think Pokey actually used uh, the the phrasing chess, a, a shooter chess game, or something along those lines, um, mm. to, to describe it. There aren't a lot of games like that. Uh, if there are, they don't do them well, <laughs> because I can't think of it. And I think that speaks for, uh, you know, how well a game does something. Um, what else? I can find a match consistently, and the game's, what, a year, two years old now? Coming up on three, I think. Uh, and, you know, you can still find matches, which I guess is pretty easy if you have 2.3 million people logging in every day. So I like it. Everybody should play it. Yeah, it went free to play in February. I am just, just did a quick search when I'm talking. And there, a lot of what you're saying is... How the fuck did I that, miss that? that? That's absolutely what a lot of people wanted out of Rainbow Six. Now, the, you know, it is definitely a far cry from what was the original version of Rain, Rainbow Six, which was in its kind of a single player campaign was that was very much what you're getting into in terms of tactical chess. It was a, <clears throat> a very elaborate, like, like phase one of your game was like planning your, your mission and your assault into an incredibly high level of detail. Um, but this is, I, I think this is a neat evolution evolution of it. And it really, uh, really does, uh, you know, talking to a few of the guys I used to play uh, some shooter games with them. They, when they got into it and they started grouping together, was it like groups of four? Is it right? Is it four and four or six? Yeah, six? Five on five. So when they would get like, they would get like, you know, somewhere between three or four guys together where you could pretty much, unless you had like an idiot, they, you know, back. <laughs> I think they, they, I don't know if they do team killing anymore, but they, they certainly yeah, used they to do. It. it would absolutely, you could destroy games that way, but yes. they would get, you know, like three, four guys together and they were really, really, you know, like getting after it, like uh, in a good way, like, you know, Working together as a team, really cooperating and trying trying to help work work things out with each other, and uh, it, they said it was a lot or a lot of great uh, co op moments, a lot a lot of great PvP moments because there's you have so many different options, like you said with the def, you know the destructibility of the environment. Uh, so the so the environments get kind of old real quick because there's only so many different ones that you can use, and they're all fairly cramped. I mean, it's all it's a lot of hallway shooting. Yes, it so, is a lot of hallway shooting. But that that being said, it is. You know, you know, everybody that I've talked to said when they played it, when it first came out, and then my experience with it briefly when I played it was, it's literally like they took only a part of a game and released it because all it was was click on find match, click on here's the loadout, and then yep. you just drop right in, right? Yep. There was nothing, there was no game around any of it. There was like nope. none of that. Uh, and the first and and like the the matchmaking was really a little wonky. Like I said, it was, boy, it was like. 
it was like YouTube roulette. Like when you'd get guys in there with you, you have no idea. If you tried to play solo, it was horrible. It, that's the oh, yeah, I play. It was absolutely I can't horrible. That. Uh, but if you get a couple of people in there or, or you get like a full team, it's, uh, I, I think the enjoyment increases dramatically. Now, my understanding is they're going to keep this free to play now. They're going to keep it around with a lot more, you know, sort of skins and, you know, a ton of, you know, sort of microtransactions, which is, you know, it's kind of where Titanfall's gone. Uh, a lot of other games that, that did well and stuck around, they kind of live off these moments. Uh, so do you, so you think this thing still has some legs as a free-to-play game? Yeah, yeah, no, most uh, most definitely. If they keep pulling in numbers like they are now, um, yeah, that, that, game will, that game will go for at least another, well, let's say three years. What do you think um, they got to do to, uh, I, I guess, continue to to beef up the the interest in that game because most people like when you say oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the other day he's like yeah i'm gonna try rainbow six i'm like you mean that thing's been out for two years you know my first instinct is instinct is is more maps but even then it's the same fucking game mode over and over again. and that kind of does get annoying like you do the you do the the, the single player the quote-unquote single player um missions i think they're called situations or whatever and so you have this objective, but you have different objectives. Like you have you have a hostage rescue, and you have to, you know, you're the only dude against like say 15 other uh, NPCs. You got to run in, kill maybe five NPCs, right? Grab the hostage, run out, and then ten more come. You have to kill those ten, and then get your dude to the to the uh, to the point. That's fun. I want to do that with the team, or I want to do. Um, you know, one of the other game modes is like a, uh, well, I guess the multiplayer, the, there's a bomb thing where you got to find the fucking bomb or whatever uh, and secure. But I, I kind of guess that is that is the, the multiplayer, um, except you don't have to actually plant the bomb. So it's Counter-Strike, basically, with just one person. I wouldn't do that with the team, you know? So I think maybe more more maps, I guess. Um, and then, you know, more game modes because it's all there. The, the, the framework for the game mode is in the situations, but as far as I know, I've only ever played one, uh, one game mode on, on, uh, you know, with friends. I've played at, at least a hundred matches. Hmm. All right. It's, I, I just kind of, I was kind of leaning with you as like, I would think that, you know, giving it some different, uh, different map options that when we like open it up mm-hmm. and like brought some different gameplay. But I don't, I mean, I think a lot of that game is really built around a really claustrophobic gunfight type, type environment. Yes. So I'm not really sure how well, if you like stretched it out into like a shopping mall, you know, something like that where you had kind of those the, like room fights, well, but I then mean, you had like some, some big wide open spaces you had to work on. There are, there are some, some maps. Um, when it comes to mind, there's like a ski log has a, a huge great room. Uh, they they kind of do have these open spaces, but you know, then again, going back, it is still a claustrophobic, huge space. If that makes sense, it, it's very tight. There's lots of stuff like crowding the floor, like in this in this the ski lodge. For say, there's a there's like a like a chair, some couches, you know, a bunch of tables, a, a bar. I think you know this, that, and the other, and you know, gigantic as a fireplace. Um, you know, just filling the space to make it feel cramped. Um, but I, I do think a shopping mall, you know, or even like a department store, uh, would, uh, would work. Um, I, I think that would be interesting to, to see. I just want to be, I, I like to come from the, you know, breach from the top 
which uh, you can do on a lot of the maps, thankfully. And you know, as long as I have space to do that, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I honestly, like one of the things I really wish that that would happen is uh, it, somehow player unknown battlegrounds would get they would fit. You know, which I don't think that player is ever going to drop into the console market, but I would love to see PUBG yeah, get brought brought into the console. It's kind of console. Are you sure? Yeah. Hold on. Keep keep talking soon. Sure. So, how's the weather today, Pokey? Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like at least Xbox is getting uh, player uh, battle. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, they have a lot of play with PC. Yeah. Let me oh, see. Oh, really? Them. Yeah, I it's. I think. Uh... Let me see your PS4 looks like again. Yes. Yeah. Okay. PS4, Xbox One, and uh, Windows. That was a. Uh, um, uh, there's all thing about it. I, I think if you, I think if you took like PUBG's like kind of open roaming PvP, and then you had the like sort of the the CQB and destruction mechanics of Rainbow Six, that would be a baller game. Yeah. What What is PUBG for those of us who haven't played that one? Player known uh, battlegrounds. Uh, it yeah. is. I, if if there is a if there is like a preeminent PC FPS shooter right now, it's probably that. It's, oh yeah, for sure. It, it is abs is really 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 good. I mean, it is ba- It's basically uh, battle royale from Arma, okay. you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But with just it's wickedly smooth. Runs really good. Pretty solid maps. Everything is really well tuned. Uh, it, it, it's getting some great. It's got great reviews. I've played it a few times. I'm not a huge PC FPS, uh, you know, player, uh, you keyboard, keyboard mouse style, all that kind of stuff. I, I used to be, used to be quite a bit. I haven't played that way in years. Um, but I picked it up. It's a very, very fun game, very quick to get into a lot of different options on what you want to do, uh, in, in terms of the game itself, a lot of the ways you can play. Uh, and it's really clean. It's very focused on what it does well, which is basically drop you in a big Island map and go at it. Uh, there's no, there's no, they, they put no effort into anything other than the the shooting part of the game, which is phenomenally well done. Huh. Yeah, that one's that's that's a big topic for a lot of a lot of stuff. We haven't covered it much, but you see a lot of news coming out of of uh, the Battlegrounds game just because it's it's exploded in popularity. It basically come it came from like Jay said, like a, a mod for Arma that they turned into a standalone game that just. It's, it's it's gone crazy. It's it's not my cup of tea, but uh, you know it, it's big. It's really big. Everything is a fucking Arma mod now. Well, Ar- <laughs> well Arma did Arma. a lot of really really good things that they didn't get a lot of credit for. And I think a lot of people, a lot of different games, took things out of Arma, and they which you know for lack lack of a better term, what they didn't have, well, they had they had great mechanics and they had really good maps. And they had a lot of really good ideas in it but they didn't have the polish or the budget that a lot of other other organizations did um and they've they've basically taken them and if you go if you go check it out it like like I said you go to battlegrounds.com check out player unknown battlegrounds it's it's really good i, I like I said this is not normally my style of game but it's pretty solid interesting factoid about armor 3 um there is a there's a there's a program called uh, Virtual Battle Battlefield Simulator 3, VBS 3, that the military uses uh, for tactical gaming, for tactical, you know, literally playing a video game for training. Uh, that is basically Arma 3. Like, we, like, you literally put soldiers in there and then they have to, like, plan everything out on, like, full maps and terrain models, the whole smash, brief and order, uh, do rehearsals, and then get in there, put on mics and, you know, grab the keyboard and mouse and then play through the actual the actual mission or the patrol 
and it's and it they usually use incredible like hyper accurate terrain to wherever you're you're trying to train to it's actually pretty interesting but that tells you probably a little bit about like how how technically tuned something like armor 3 was uh when it you know in its heyday all right pretty good stuff is there anything else you want to touch on on siege before we move along bait um the the little specialists that you get are the, there's a good you know diverse cats to choose from which i like uh so yeah they're cool they're interesting they have cool powers some of them some of them are just stupid all right sounds pretty good man so yeah pretty good review it's like i said it's an older game but it is free to play so if you want to give it a shot it is available out there to go pick up and, and give it a try Alrighty, I've got a couple things I wanted to talk about real quick before we kind of close this one up. So, um, again, kind of going back to our weekly review of one of the freebie games for either PS Plus or Xbox Gold, um, I picked up Assassin's Creed uh, Freedom Cry this morning and, and played for a couple hours. So, uh, Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry was actually originally a DLC for uh, Assassin's Creed for Black Flag, which I did not play. Uh, I stopped playing the series um, about halfway through Assassin's Creed 3 after it uh, after it released and got sick of Connor. And I won't get into that again, but that's kind of when I dropped off the map. So I never played 4. Um, but they released the Freedom Cry as a standalone game. And so you don't actually have to own uh, Black Flag to play it. So I just kind of dropped and gave it a shot. Um, it is not nice to you if you have not played these games in a while. Um, it literally just goes, hey, you're piloting um, a naval ship, and you're in the middle of a naval battle. Uh, we're kind of not going to tell you the controls, and go kill temp- Templars. So I really struggled with that. I, I, I kind of got the naval battle thing figured out. And it's like, okay, now either destroy the ship or you know climb on board and, and capture the Templar Admiral or whatever. That's cool. So I stop the ship. I pull up close. I'm on the board. I fall off into the water. I could not for the life of me for like 10 minutes figure out how the hell to climb back up onto the ship. Um, trying all kinds of buttons, couldn't figure it out. Finally had to look it up online and figure out how the hell to climb onto the ship. So if you are familiar with the controls recently of playing an Assassin's Creed game, it probably would have been okay. If you have not played in several years like me, it was very, very frustrating to figure this out. So I finally got the hang of it, finally got on the ship figure out the combat system again. Um, there's no no tutorial on how to do it because, again, it was a DLC. It's assuming you've been playing the main game. Why give you tutorial? There's no tutorial. So that's kind of rough. You might want to look up a guide before you give it a shot if you're not familiar. So I progress the story, get to the main island. Cool. Uh, basically, Assassin's Creed, as you might imagine, you're running around. Um, you play as a former slave who's been turned assassin. Um, and you are effectively trying to free slaves to build up kind of this army to fight back against uh, the, fr- the the reigning French um, occupation of the area and to kind of you know win the freedom of, of the local slaves in the area. Uh, it's kind of interesting some of the stuff they play off of. So your character is black, um, and there are slave hunters out there who will literally try to capture you just by seeing you because they just assume you're a runaway slave. So that's kind of an interesting mechanic you got to watch out for, where suddenly some guy will just basically start attacking you because, you know, that's what they would do is they'd, they'd go after people who were black and obviously were not, you know, working in a field or anything like that. So they assume that you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So that was kind of an interesting thing they were doing. But uh, yeah, like in terms of gameplay, it's kind of the same formula. You know, you're running around, jumping in hay bales, doing stealth kills, that sort of thing. Um, 
one of the missions I did was uh, freeing a plantation. So the plantation, it's got like 20 overseers and you have to stealth kill all of them because if any of them see that you're attacking them, uh, they assume that the slaves on the plantation are revolting and will just start murdering everyone in sight. So that's kind of your, you, you want to keep them alive. So you have to kill them, kill the overseers, you know, in a stealth manner. And then you can free the slaves and the plantation opens up, which I imagine you can later move in and probably own or something. Um, I didn't get that far into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's not much to say other than that. It's, it's an Assassin's Creed game. It's very small. Like I said, I played for about two hours. Um, it said I was 33% complete with the game. So you can probably imagine it lasts five to eight hours, probably in total. Uh, so again, it's, it's a short DLC, but it is standalone. Um, it was, it was what I expected. You know, if, if you're a fan of Assassin's Creed games, you're going to get what you pay for. Um, so check it out if you haven't given it a shot just keep in mind like i said if you're unfamiliar with the controls uh it does not hold your hand at all you kind of have to figure that out on your own which is can be a little frustrating at first so keep that in mind but uh yeah it was it was decent you know it was what i was used to in assassin's creed games and it ran well in ps4 so you know it was good that's why you should go back and play assassin's creed 4 because it's a fantastic game and you have to prepare yourself for the dlc I, I think I'm just gonna watch the movie and get the story. <laughs> oh, pokey. Yeah, it's, it's. I don't have enough time to. There's too many of them now. I can't keep up because there was like a a PSP game for Assassin's Creed Three too, right? Like a side a side yeah, one. Yeah, took yeah, it's also standalone. But fuck that game. It's just it's Assassin's Creed Three based on the engine. The game's okay. probably shit. Okay. Well. So yeah. That that's that's my review on that one. So one other thing that I did give a shot this weekend um, that was kind of an interesting experience. So Final Fantasy XV is a game that I've reviewed in the past on the show here, and that is a single player Final Fantasy game through and through. That's the intention of the game. However, this weekend there was a beta test for an expansion to add multiplayer to the game. So it. It, it was very interesting. Um, they were having a lot of server issues, so I had a hard time connecting with um, players on a consistent basis. But they do fill in with AI companions in a four-man team to do these missions. So there's at least that. But they were having a lot of problems, so I, I couldn't probably get the full experience of playing multiplayer. How I would describe it is it is effectively like doing side quests in the main game, but you're doing it with four actual people rather than just three AI companions in the story. So it's more or less go select the mission. Hey, go to this area, kill 30 of these Buffalo things, then a boss spawn and you kill the boss. And that's the end of the mission. Uh, there was one where it's kind of like escort the package where you have to kind of escort this truck down the road and enemies attack periodically. You kill them all. The truck moves on at the end of boss spawns. Um, there's defend the barn from enemies rushing it, kill the enemies. After a while, a boss spawns. It was really, really rudimentary in terms of the kind of missions they gave. Um, it was, you know, eh, it was it was okay. Um, another issue I had with it is that the combat suffered from a lot of the same issues that the combat did in Final Fantasy XV, where while the game goes to great lengths to make every weapon and movement feel realistic in that it has weight, like you're not just flinging this giant greatsword around like it's nothing. It actually, you know, there's a wind-up to it. You feel the weight of it as you kind of go into the, the swing and that sort of thing, um, which is good in the sense that it feels realistic for what it is for a fantasy game. The problem with that is that you don't have like super tight 
you know, um, action game controls like a Devil May Cry or even like a Kingdom Hearts where your character can kind of flip around on a dime and do all kinds of, you know, acrobatic feats and in dodging is a big part of the, of the game. You don't really get that in Final Fantasy XV because, again, they're trying to make your character move like an actual human, so you can't just change directions instantly. You, you kind of have to slow down and get your footing and then, and then push off and go a different direction. So the combat feels weighty in that regard, but unfortunately that kind of turns a lot of the fights into everyone just gangs up on the same same enemy and just beats the shit out of it until it dies and you move on to the next one. And you just kind of heal through the damage that you take, you know. And for the main game, that was okay. Um, you weren't really playing for like a super tight action combat game because you were there for the story, you were there for the experience, that sort of thing. When you take that system and bring it into a multiplayer setting, the combat is really kind of the primary focus at that point. So I kind of found that it turned into this just everyone just gangs up and just, you know, kill this enemy, kill this enemy, kill this enemy, move on to the boss, and we'll heal through the damage, and, and that's kind of the end of it. And I'm not sure if that's really a failure of multiplayer expansion or if that's just the, the combat system kind of showing some of its issues in terms of trying to deliver, like, an action-oriented game. So that, I don't think, is really unavoidable. Um, the characters are... Uh, Kingsclave, if you're familiar with the universe, that means they basically have a lot of the same abilities as the main character. So the combat in that regard feels good. You can kind of warp around and do kind of the cool dodgy stuff. That's 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 enjoyable. Um, but again, it is still basically the same combat system. So that, that was kind of problematic. Um, it is a beta, so I kind of forgive maybe some of the unimaginative... Uh, Game modes, I think what they were really going for is they wanted to test, you know, how their servers handle it. Because, again, this this isn't really normally what they do. Um, at least these teams that work on the single-player games, they don't typically try to deliver a multiplayer experience. So, you know, they were kind of trying to work that out. And they might have just given very simple missions to just get it out the door and test the, the servers, which obviously had issues. Uh, so many issues such that they're actually having a second closed beta test on the 11th through the 13th. Um, which is this coming weekend, so you will have a chance to give that a shot. You haven't heard about this yet, but uh, hopefully some of those issues clear up. I'll give it another shot and try to see, you know, if things are improved a bit, at least on the stability on the network side. Uh, like I said, it is a closed beta, so I don't know if you actually have to own the main game, but you have to have purchased the season pass for the DLC to get access to this, so I don't know why you would do that if you didn't own the main game, but whatever. Uh, the interesting bit is that I just kind of assumed that, hey, they would just reuse the assets from the game, um, and you'd access the DLC data from the main menu of the game. That's actually not the case. It's actually it's a separate uh, a separate client with a fairly sizable download of 13 gigs. So I think this is actually being programmed as a standalone client, potentially, which might be interesting if it turns out to kind of be a little bit better than the beta showed. It, having it be like a hey, it's part of the DLC expansion, but we are going to structure it in a way that we can sell it as a separate game if people want to hop on for like 20 bucks or whatever and play the multiplayer and maybe get a feel for the game and decide they want to buy the, the single-player experience. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, so for just kind of my, my general feel on it, it's got a lot of work to go, I think. Uh, it's very clear that they're just trying to kind of throw this together with you know, what they've got and trying to deliver a multiplayer experience. This isn't the kind of thing they normally do. Uh, Final Fantasy games in general, unless they're the MMOs like 11 and 14, don't have a multiplayer element. It's certainly not an action multiplayer element. Uh, one of the Kingdom Hearts games on PSP did, um, which was actually quite good, but that was just a three-person LAN sort of deal. 
Um, so this this is kind of one of the first of its kind. So you know, it, it's showing some issues, but I like the idea in general of hey, we can have kind of simplified missions that use the end game system to provide a multiplayer action oriented you know gameplay that goes on the side of of the main single player game. I like that. Uh, I don't know if this one will really hit it out of the park. It seems like it's having a lot of issues, but I do like the idea, and I hope it does well enough to encourage them to at least try again with a future Final Fantasy game. I think it could be a, a really good experience if they, they kind of dial in on how to do it and actually you know flesh it out a bit more rather than it just being kind of a, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll try multiplayer for, for DLC. We'll see how it goes, which is kind of what I think they're doing. So overall... Kind of a mediocre experience. I'll, again, I'll give it a shot with some more human players uh, this coming weekend. That might make it better. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, so that was that was all right. So I, I gave that a shot. And the multiplayer beta this weekend is over. Um, particularly about the posting of this video, it's going to be over. But like again, if you have the season pass uh, purchased, you will be able to give it a shot this coming weekend, um, August 11th through the 13th. So do do check it out. And with that, I think we are actually pretty good. The show ended up being quite a bit longer than I thought it was going to be, so so that's good. So we're, we're good on time here. I think we're going to bring this one in for a close, unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about. Nope. All right, sounds good. So let's go into some shout-outs. And we've given Zell plenty of time to come up with a shout-out, and he's not going to disappoint us or, or anyone. So, Zell, what's your shout-out? I'm going to give my shout-out to uh, my other podcast, which I don't think I mentioned explicitly before where to go for it. Um, is uh, I do a security and privacy podcast called uh, Pentagonal, which is at pentagonal.stipes.co. Um, and uh, I have I throw bricks at commonly held ideas on internet things and expect to get lots of angry letters about what I what I say in the podcast. That's it. Okay, man, B. Yeah, a couple of things. I wrote them all down so I wouldn't forget. So uh, it is that time of year again, everybody, where people what? are going to start going to school. What? What's up? Where'd you write them down? There's like a whole category for like shout outs now. Yeah, you put them there, right? Uh, yeah, I put them there. Uh, okay. So kids are starting school in, I think, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, you know, not only, you know, middle schoolers, high schools and all and all the other fun stuff, but uh, college students. Um, so my heart goes out to everybody applying to college because the process has been annoying as fuck uh, for me. Uh, because somebody decided that, yeah, we should have, it should all be standardized. It should all be the same thing across the platform. Uh, and yet we have three different kinds of college entrances test, which test the same fucking thing. Uh, and we have at least two different applications, which are basically the same thing. But they're slightly different. So I'd like to give a big shout out to the college board for wanting to make standardized entrances, uh, entrance tests and, uh, applications but failing to do so um let's see what else uh so there's somebody on the uh the the dust vets discord who has made uh the biomass channel a bot that will pull uh everything that we post um to the blog and post in discord so people don't actually have to like check the website regularly they can just look for the bot in discord which is really cool uh, Winnis did a really good job with that. So shout out, yeah, it, so shout out it, to him. It notices it, edits too, like so. Oh, does um, it really? It does. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you what happened. Um, That's cool. Like Skynet has become self-aware is what you're telling me. I, I think it was about a week ago, and I I did a podcast description for one of our shows, and I used the wrong its. Uh, I had an apostrophe. Oh. I wasn't supposed to have an apostrophe. You know. And uh, 
Lether pointed it out because of course Lether would point it out and I edited it and it resubmitted on the bot and I'm like, ah, oh, so people are going to know when I do covert edits now. <laughs> the the best part about the bot though is the name, the picture and the message. So the bot's name is Google. It's the Google logo for the, for the profile picture and it's monitoring our chat messages. So shout out to Winnie's for writing that bot and uh, sticking that thing in the, in the discord. And then last of all, uh, I guess the Eve subreddit either has had a Discord for a very long time, and I just haven't known about it, uh, or they just got one, and I go in there to, you know, read. It's really entertaining, um, the two channels that I read, so shout out to shout out to those guys who are, who are contributing and, uh, and manning that. That's That's been fun for me. All right, sounds good. Jay, you're up. Uh, yeah, I'd like to give a quick shout out to uh, the following guests. Uh, that we that we have routinely on the show that you guys don't know about the squat, the deadlift, the power clean, and the good old fashioned bench press and the military press. Uh, I had to bring those in because we need to bring up the testosterone occasionally in the show, so I try to do that and I bring the special <laughs> guests with me. Uh, it's great. I'm trying desperately to get Zell into that. It's not it's not working, but uh, but we'll get him there at some point. I promise. Oh jeez. <laughs> All right. Um... See, see, Jay drops these these shoutouts, and then I just feel weird doing mine afterwards. Um, so you, you could change the order. You know, you do this every week. I, you pick I, on I, me. I, I might, go. I might have to, because he's always got this one like, yeah, bring up testosterone. And my shoutouts like, so yeah, so Funko made some really cool pop figurines for Destiny too, and they look great. <laughs> and that is why I have my shoutout. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, no, those those things are actually pretty cool. If you're, you know, I might pick up a little Kate Six uh, Funko Pop figurine. I'm not normally into that, but uh, they're they're pretty cool looking. This so is how it begins. This is how it begins. Once you have one, you're gonna need the whole set. Oh, my my brother, then, my brother once, is the once you have the whole set. The next time a video game comes out that has a set, you're gonna want those too, and it will grow. <sighs> Do you speak for experience, though? Um. Yeah, so I have uh, I have I, I have Zelda amiibos, and now I have oh, like fuck. now I have like twelve of them. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, no. See, I I got my brother for I think it was Christmas or his birthday. I forget. Um, I picked up like three of the Borderlands two ones for him because they're like his three favorite characters, like Claptrap and a uh, Psycho and like a uh, Mad Mox or something like that. And I was, and he's like, oh, these are great, these are great. And then like within a month, he'd purchased like twelve more from other games. I'm like, what the sh- what? <laughs> Like what is wrong with you? I'm like you, you never purchased these before. It's like, well, yeah, but I didn't I never realize how cool they were until you got them. I was like, oh Jesus. So yeah, no, my my brother is the the addict who will buy like entire sets of for every game. He's got like a the, the Titanfall two one. He's got is kind of cool. It's actually like a it's a larger one, and then the little hatch in the front opens the little pilot mini amiibos inside the Titan. That that one's kind of neat. But uh, yeah, he's he's the fanatic. I've got like two of them i think and they're 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 all right you know but uh, everyone's want to see what i like so i, I kind of like the destiny ones but uh yeah so that's my very non-testosterone fueled uh shout out that jay will now be doing his at the end of the show because i'm just feeling really weird about it <laughs> all right um so yeah that being said guys uh, we've had a good show here if there's anything you want us to discuss, if you want to be on the show, do check us out on biomass.net or biomass.com. Same with all our contact information. Just hit us up there. Or if you're in the you know Dust Veterans Discord channel, me and Vader in the Biomass channel pretty frequently keeping an eye on things. So hit us up anywhere, any of those things, email, Twitter, 
Discord, whatever you want. We we do keep a pretty good eye on it. We'll be sure to uh, to you know respond to you and, and see what we can do to help you out. But uh, that being said, be sure to tune in next week and everyone have a safe uh, evening out there.